Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Uh, let's start this afternoon's show with the Astros, who really got it going. And I know they are a hated team by a lot of fans and certainly by a lot of organizations. I mean, Cashman can't stand them. The Yankees hate them. Think they were robbed in 2017. We all know the Dodgers, uh, you know, can't stand them, thinking they were robbed. Kershaw in Game 5 of the World Series in 2017. 38 uh, sliders that Kershaw threw, and not one was uh, swung at by Astro hitters, which indicated that maybe they knew what was coming. And that was the game that the Astros won like in the 10th or 11th inning, 13-12 or whatever the score was in that five-hour masterpiece that Minute made. And the Astros ended up winning the World Series in seven games that year. And of course, they won two games at Dodger Stadium, which to me negates the Dodgers getting all upset about game five. But regardless, a lot of people look at that 17 World Series and get all and I understand and get all upset by it and the Yankees do too the Yankees forget to tell you that they hit 150 uh, in the games in Houston in that uh, ALCS and they did worse if it's possible with runners in scoring position Yankees couldn't couldn't hit themselves out of a paper bag uh, those four games there down of uh, down in Houston so uh, but everybody likes to uh, you know basically knock the Astros and think that championship is tainted and you know and away you go what they forget to uh mention in the process well how about the Astros the last few years I mean they won another championship last year that is not tainted they got to a World Series the year before that against Atlanta uh, after they won the ALCS against the Red Sox they got to a game seven of the World Series in 2019 they got to a game seven of the ALCS in the pandemic here at Tampa and they uh, won the division and won a round against the Guardians then the Indians and before they lost the eventual champion Red Sox in 2018. So uh, I, I don't know what else you want the Astros to do. They've won four pennants and two titles uh, in the last, uh, let's see, three, five, six years or so. And if you want to go nuts and bring up the idea, well, you know what, the 17 thing is tainted and everything else. Well, the Yankees might say that until the cows come home, but the Yankees lost in 2015 at home to the Astros in a wild card game. The Yankees uh, lost in 2019 to the Astros in six games. And then the Yankees got swept last year uh, in the ALCS to Houston. So, I mean, the Yankees, when you think about it, have lost 9 of 11. Forget the one year. They've lost 9 of 11 in the postseason to the Astros outside of 2017. So the idea that somehow the Yankees have been jobbed, uh, you know, the numbers don't lie. They have not been. Dodgers, of course, haven't had a second crack at Houston uh, since the 17 World Series. Uh, You know, I don't know if that crack's going to come this year. Uh, But, uh, you know, the Braves have had uh, a crack at them. They did beat them. Uh, but the Astros last year, uh, you know, were absolutely superb in beating the Phillies in six games who had beaten Atlanta, uh, the defending champ. So, I mean, nothing that Houston has accomplished to me is really tainted. You want to go crazy about 17? Well, I'll bring up the idea they won two games in L.A., including a game seven to win a title, and the Yankees were awful offensively against Houston in the four games that year in Houston. Dallas Keuchel beat him. Verlander beat him twice. I mean, they had a lot of... Tra- Charlie Morton and McCullers beat him. I mean, the Yankees were awful, awful offensively. So you got to keep that in mind when you're analyzing Yankees in Houston. But regardless of that, you know, every time you turn around, all Houston does is win. And then they make great trades. You know, whether it be Grinky, whether it be whomever they want to bring in here, uh, you know, Verlander the first time, now Verlander again, who 
whoever they want to bring in, it seems to work out. And the Astros yesterday had really a, one of the great days they're ever going to have. Number one, they get Verlander back. We'll get to the specifics shortly. And then number two, Valdez goes out there and throws a no-hitter. Against the, uh, against the Guardians. Now, they can't hit. I get it. But only allowed one walk. I watched the last two innings he coasted. You know, the first lefty in Houston history. You know, Houston's thrown 16, 17 no-hitters. Now, some of those are Nolan Ryan. I get it. Uh, you know, but that's a lot of no-hitters. You know, Mike Scott threw one. And, you know, Verlander, I th- I, I, Verlander threw one. They've had a couple team no-hitters, too. But that's a lot for a franchise that just started in 62 with the Mets thrown two. And the Astros have thrown 16. Regardless, uh, Valdez was great last night. You know how much I think of him. He's a big pitcher in big games. He had not been great lately, but I'll give Valdez the ball with my season on the line in any shape, way, or form. Anytime you wish. You know, he's he wasn't there in 17. You know, the number two starter that year was uh, was Keiko. In 18, you know, he really wasn't there either. Uh, 19, it was Garrett Cole uh, and then Grenke. So, I mean, uh, you know, after Verlander got hurt. I mean, the bottom line is this guy goes out there and he does a tremendous job as far as this team is concerned. And that was a great performance last night. This, of course, on the heels of them picking up uh, Verlander uh, earlier in the day after the Mets had paid essentially, what, 25 or, you know, roughly 25 million of the 40-something old this year to him. And then, uh, you know, they're going to figure out a way to get that done next year. And then if there's a buyout in 2020. Five, the Mets are paying half of it. At 17, it's $35 million, and the Mets are responsible for half the buyout. So when you get right down to it, the Astros get Verlander back, you know, for essentially two and a half seasons, and this season they're right in the pennant race, for about $50 million, which is what they would have paid for him anyway uh, if, in fact, they could have done this uh, last year before he decided to sign with the Mets as a free agent. So the Astros essentially hung in there for four months. The Mets collapsed. And then, uh, you know, Verlander held all the cards because he had a no trade. He lives as his brother told us yesterday. He wants to stay close to the uh, east coast of Florida. The Astros train in West Palm Beach. So although he would have, you know, probably been swayed to play for the Orioles, who train in Sarasota, you know, Houston was his preference. And obviously he's got plenty of money. Crane and Verlander have a good relationship. You know, they're going to be in the postseason. He likes Dusty, and so he brings him back. So what a what an ingenious now it fell in his lap because who thought and who knew that the Mets were going to, you know, basically be in a disaster this year. And so, you know, normally the Mets wouldn't have done this, but since the Mets are so gone, uh, you know, the, they had to dangle him, especially after Scherzer wanted out. You know, they said, what the heck? Why, why, why keep the both of them? Now, I would have kept Verlander myself. Uh, because I think uh, you never want to go into a season with uh, very low expectations in New York after a $355 million payroll, and that is what the Mets are going to do in 24. I mean, they lost two pitchers, albeit old. They did lose them, and that's going to be just very difficult to overcome. They can overcome Pham, and they can overcome Kana. Robertson blew a save last night. They can overcome him. Diaz back next year. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is, uh, you know, if you kept Verlander, you can figure out a way to be competitive. Scherzer, no problem. But if you kept Verlander, you could have done something. Mets decided to go in a different direction. And now, funny, what the Mets did is essentially they paid about $50 million apiece uh, to make sure. I think they spent, um, I'm going to say, $35 million on Scherzer and about 50 something million on Verlander. So the Mets spent essentially $80 million for three uh, prospects or four prospects. I mean, that's what the Mets did. 
They, you know, they gave uh, Texas Scherzer. They picked up a lot of the money, and they got Acuna's brother back, the middle infielder. They shipped him to Double A. And then the Mets yesterday with Verlander, they gave Houston what they gave him, and they got basically Houston's, you know, two of their top five or six prospects. One of the kid, Gilbert, looks like a Brett Gardner type. I mean, you know, he slaps the ball around, not a ton of power, a little lefty, little spark plug. And then the other kid, who knows, the first baseman. So the Mets essentially, because their farm system isn't very good, the Mets spent, you know, essentially about $80 million on four prospects is what the Mets did. And to me, that wouldn't have been worth it. I don't know if I would have done Now, I would have traded Scherzer. All right. First off, I'm not happy with him anyway by, you know, demanding uh, an audience after the Friday game that he pitched against Washington. Where do we stand next year? I mean, really, Max, after you put the Mets in this spot to begin with, now we're going to demand this. So from that standpoint, I wasn't that pleased. I'm okay with trading him. Uh, you know, the Verlander thing, you know, he's pitched great, number one. The Met fan likes him, number two. And, you know, it doesn't appear that he's getting any worse for the wear. Obviously, Scherzer is, but not Ver- Scherzer hasn't been good as good for a little while now. Verlander looks as fresh as a daisy. He won a Cy Young last year, and although he wasn't great in his four postseason starts, he's picked it up again this year. So, uh, But the Mets decide to uh, reload, reboot. We'll talk to Phillips about that later. This story really today is about Houston. Uh, you know, and Houston right now, and the Orioles will be a pain in the neck, and they're good, and, you know, and obviously uh, you know, they haven't won the division yet, so keep that in mind, too. Tampa's in the mix here as well. But if you think about postseason baseball right now in the American League, you're going to tell me that the Astros aren't the favorite when they can pitch Verlander, Valdez in games one and two and have a lineup of Altuve and Bregman and Abreu and Alvarez and, you know, and, and Tucker and Dusty Managing and everything else. You're telling me that the Astros, now you like to be a divisional winner because that way you get a buy into the wild card round or past the wild card round, which is what they had last year. Remember, Seattle played Toronto. They played the winner. They beat Seattle in three in a row after Seattle had uh, disposed of the Blue Jays. Uh, And then Houston, of course, beat Seattle because they had uh, the top two records in the American League. And the winner of the American League West will be in that situation again because the AL Central stinks. So if the Astros do win the division, they will avoid that best of three, which for an older team that's been around a while and with Verlander and Valdez, they can organize their pitching. And they did it last year without being affected by the layoff. That would be dangerous. So, I mean, Houston right now, I think, I mean, listen, Texas and Houston would be an interesting race. You know, they're basically tied as we speak. They only play three more times this year. That games, uh, those games will be in Texas. Uh, but, you know, Scherzer and Verlander now opposing each other instead of being on the same team. That has a chance to be, you know, I mean, a state of Texas and you know, and everything else has a chance to be a lot of fun when those two teams get together uh, not too far apart, you know, basically an hour plane ride. So Houston and Texas were the big winners here. Uh, you know, you got to figure Scherzer, a little something left in the tank. He wasn't terrible for the Mets. Uh, and they also brought Montgomery in. And then Verlander, the big home run for Houston, uh, back with the Astros. And the Astros, you can say anything you want. Brian Cashman, anything you want. Andrew Friedman, you can say anything you want. Uh, the two best organizations in baseball, bar none, and it's not debatable, are the Atlanta Braves and the Astros. Simple. 
Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.